Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about some truths that come out of potty training. Now, the truths are really for me. They are not so much for the potty training child, but they definitely come in the potty training moments. And we all have potty training moments, don't we? So over here at the Kimsey house, the way that we potty train may be different from the way you do. I'll quickly share my method. And then I want to share with you a truth that God unpacked for me one night with one of my potty training children. So the way we potty train. Well, typically I decide when we're going to potty train at the Kimsey house because I have decided with the eight children I've had that potty training is more decision than ability or understanding. So I know that might be a departure from uh, what other people say, but it has worked well for us for eight children. And um, so here's our method. Usually right after that two-year-old birthday, we get to celebrate on a date with mommy where we go to Target or whatever store you want to go to and pick out the most wonderful sets of underwear that ever could be. And thus begins a potty training journey. Now, before leading up to the potty training journey, I have already established what I call a psychological warfare with the child who is about to be potty training. And what that means is that for about three to six months, I have been pointing out that they have to have a diaper changed and that changing a diaper slows them down, that it's messy, that it's stinky. Just casual conversation while we're, I'm changing diapers. Of Oh, these diapers sure are stinky. Mommy doesn't wear a diaper. I don't have stinky diapers. Nope, I get to wear big girl panties. And if it's a male child, I usually will say, Daddy doesn't have to have stinky diapers. Nope, he gets to wear big boy pants and his pants are never stinky. Oh, Daddy never has to slow down and lay down on the ground to have his diaper changed. Those are the conversations I'm having. And I'm just beginning to draw a comparison that says, you are not actually living life the way mommy and daddy do. And as brothers have happened along on the scene or sisters or whatever that would motivate that child, I'll point out that that brother or that sister also doesn't wear diapers. And the most powerful persuasion of all is if you happen to have a baby in your home and a two to two and a half year old that you're seeking to potty train. And what that two to two and a half year old does not want to be like is the baby. And so usually what I will do is I will begin to draw comparisons. Oh, you're getting to be such a big girl. You can have big girl food, not like that baby who only gets milk. Oh, you're such a big 
boy, you get to stay up later than that baby who has to take naps all the time. The babies sleep all the time, but big boys don't sleep. And then the power play I use is I will say, but you do still have to wear a diaper like the babies do. And all of a sudden that child is like, wait a minute, maybe I don't want to be a baby anymore. And so I begin to use that to my advantage. So that's my psychological warfare. And then we go and we buy the underwear at the store and we celebrate and we're so excited. But I have reconciled myself to the fact that for that week, I will be called a potty hostage. It's what I call myself. I just own it from the very beginning. This is my week of being a potty hostage and I have cleared my calendar as best I can. And we're not going to go anywhere. So when I used to work, we did it over a long weekend or over a holiday. But I want about four days where I don't have to be anywhere or whoever's caring for your child at that day could also be the one staying there at the house. But you want your child to stay in their home for four days. And unfortunately, it means that you're right there with them. And then we begin. And we begin by just having that potty right in front of a TV, which they, my children do not get to watch TV. And they get tons of goldfish crackers, tons of water to drink, and a potty to sit on as they watch TV. And so we begin potty training. Well, I never potty train sleep at the same time I potty train daytime. So our three-year-old had been potty trained during the day for quite some time, but he had just turned three and he was learning how to stay dry at night. That was the next stage of our potty training. So most mornings, though, what that means is I will, at around 11 o'clock before I go to bed at night, I will take my little sleepy-headed child and set them on the potty and ask them to TT for me and then tuck them back in the bed. And usually at around 4.30 or 5 in the morning, they will wake up again needing to potty. Normally, this is a sleepy occurrence, something that I can orchestrate very smoothly, keep it done in the quiet, in the dark. I don't really have conversation. No lights are on. But one morning, I learned a lesson. Because see, one morning it was different. That morning, my child woke anxious and fretful. And I was quickly trying to help this child to get to the bathroom. He kept asking me where I was. Now, remember, I keep it dark. And I just, you know, you kind of know the layout of your home. And I know where the bathroom is, know where the potty is. And I was navigating it fine. But for some reason this morning, he kept saying, but I can't see you. It was his repeating refrain to which I kept replying, I'm right here with you, buddy. Don't leave me, Mama. I promise I'm not. I'm right here with you in the dark. You are fine, and I love you. I tucked him back into bed that night and sang him a few songs and whispered, I love you so much. And a sleepy, I love you too, Mom, came back as he drifted off to sleep. But as I, as I was walking down the stairs, the Holy Spirit slammed into my soul the truth that oftentimes this is me 
I am the sleepy one who is scared and nervous that I don't see my God in the dark. But his heartbeat is far more trustworthy and true than mine is even with my child. His presence is far more powerful and safe than mine was with Timothy that night. His love was more steadfast and his kindness is far deeper than mine is. But the truth that God began to reveal to me as he began to break into my thinking in those early morning hours was that there are dark seasons for you and for me. And oftentimes we sit in the dark and we feel exposed and vulnerable. We may be tired and perhaps confused. Yet God stands right there with you and me. I worry about what I can and cannot see that is on the path that I'm trying to navigate. But he guides, he protects, he holds us tight, and he carries us out. Often I will panic, won't you? I'll feel, I will fear the worst and work myself into a state of exhaustion. But he calls us to lie down and to rest our weary selves. He promises to tuck us in tight, to keep us safe through the night. Thoughts that I am alone are confronted by the truth that he comforts and he never leaves. Psalm 23 echoed in my mind early that morning in the bathroom and as I tucked my child back into the bed. You are with me. The great shepherd tends his sheep with diligence and strength. I shall not want. He brings true rest and restoration to our anxiety-riddled, weary souls. He leads me beside waters of rest. He restores my soul. Do you understand? He doesn't allow us to wander aimless and insecure alone in the darkness of the next step as we try to get from point A to point B. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And in those seasons that feel as if the darkness is a blanket, suffocating and terrifying, in the shadowy shadowy places where hopeless thoughts will assail us, lies abound, and even paralysis will creep in. Psalm 23 says, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. His guidance and his protection will lead you and me back to rest and comfort. I'm pretty sure that my child in the middle of the night that night, as sleepy and confused as he was, may not have been able to find himself or find his way back to his bed well. But there was not a thought in my mind of abandoning him on the toilet. And we have a God who is the good shepherd. And he will never leave and he will never forsake. His guidance and his protection will lead you and me 
back to rest and comfort. He is at work even when it seems that all hope is lost. Psalm 23 goes on to say, You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. You see, a walk with him is filled with great spiritual bounty for you and for me. Because he begins to deepen our trust in him as we navigate hard places. And the promise at the end of Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, when God breaks through, in the moments that we fear that we are lost in the dark, when we are worried that we are all alone, concerned that no one is with us, we have a good shepherd who cares more deeply for us than we can imagine. And we take the hope that he offers us in the dark of night, in the hard places, and we extend it to our children. You and I are the hope givers for this next generation, whether it's helping them potty train late at night, reassuring them, reassuring them of your love and therefore giving them a picture, a glimpse of the Father's love, or if it's helping them navigate the unknown places of moving from high school to college, moving into a job, a career, Navigating friendships, losing friendships, and gaining friendships. Whatever the dark places are that our kids walk, we offer hope because we have been given much hope. I hope you understand how much your Heavenly Father loves you, how much He, as the Great Shepherd, wants to shepherd your soul as you walk with your kids. Thank you for coming and sitting today with me at the kitchen table. I hope you have a grace-filled day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.